Welcome everyone back to Huddle Up. I'm Josh Kelsky and well, look at the date. It's February 15th and that means that baseball is right around the corner. I'm going to go through what the MLB will look like this year with the rules, returning rules, not returning rules, and then we're going to dive deeper into specifically the Marlins and everything that they've done in the offseason and how I see the team going on into this very slightly shortened 2021 season. Overall, 154 game season. Every team will play 154 games, and there's no designated hitter in the National League. You know, last year in the 60-game season, they implemented that new DH in the NL, tried to replicate what the AL does, but like usual, the MLB and the Players Association can't come to an agreement so no dh so it's only an eight hitter lineup and the pitcher's gonna have to step in either in the eighth or ninth hole uh, seven inning double headers are returning so if any games get canceled for some reason i'm sure some of them will whether that be covid or weather we're gonna see some seven inning double headers this season and I want to talk about the extra inning rule. We know last year as well that they added, and when I say they, I mean the MLB and Players Association decided to add runners will start on second base at the start of extra innings. So I don't like this. I You're putting a free man on second base. A hit wins the ball game. You play up to you play through a whole game, nine innings, you get to the tenth. It's a 1-1 ball game, and then you just get a free guy at second base, and a hit wins the game. I mean, that's really, you're not really earning that win. You'll take a win any way you can get him, but I really dislike this rule, and it will return that way. So I'm just going to throw out my idea, um, but just remember everyone's going to start at second base at the start of extra innings. In the 10th inning, let him earn it. No runners will start on base in my plan, my idea. No runners. One and one extra inning. Play it like a normal one. And I know the MLB is big on speeding up the game to reach out to more fans. Fine. In the 11th inning, you add a man on first base. And that's 11th inning plus, so throughout the end of the game. If you put a man on first base, the teams really have to earn the, the last run, earn the win. Because it's not as free as a guy on second base, a ground ball to second or shortstop or third or four and or first uh, in these extra innings, hey, that's a double play. You lose that guy. Now there are two outs and nobody on. So that to me makes sense because of the fact that you're actually earning a win. A man on first base, sure, you're getting a free guy on. But they're not in scoring position. I don't understand why the MLB likes this so much. Great, it it shortens games. You're only going to get to maybe the 11th, 12th, or 13th inning at most. Unless the pitchers are great. But it really just adds unnecessary pressure to pitchers. uh, Especially when they could get a loss in their stat column over one hit given up. So that's why I really don't like the rule. Um... They're keeping it this year. We'll see if it changes in the future, but I like the idea of just putting a man on first, starting in the 11th inning on. Well, I mentioned before, baseball is around the corner. 
Pitchers and catchers report for the Marlins on February 18th. That's just in a few days from now, later this week. Spring training games start on the 28th, and the Marlins will play 24 spring games in total. Now, the regular season starts on the 1st of April, just a little over a month and a half away against Tampa Bay, who last season lost in the World Series to the Dodgers. So not going to be an easy start for the Marlins, especially playing top few teams in the league. Now today during a press conference, Derek Jeter announced that Marlins Park will open to 20% capacity this year. We don't know the split between season ticket holders or single game tickets just yet, but I would assume that season ticket holders will have uh, more say on how many games they're going to go to. Uh, remember, 154 game season, that's plenty of games at home. And I'll tell you, I haven't been to a Marlins game since late September of 2019 because of COVID and no fans allowed last year. And I just want baseball back, and I'm going to be excited to go to a Marlins game finally, and I hope you will go too. Uh, they just signed up for the same health and safety protocol rating that BB&T Center did for the Panthers, and I've been to many Panthers games, been to two so far this season, and it is, just seems so safe. Uh, you better not take your mask off. You will get yelled at, and I hope the Marlins will keep that same attitude uh, as the Panthers. So yeah, 20% capacity. I would assume season ticket holders get the benefit on choosing their seats compared to single-game tickets, but I'm sure it'll be fair game. Uh, as we get closer and we'll find out more information. The Marlins are also closing in on a TV deal, as Bruce Sherman announced today in the press conference, thanks to the great reporting uh, by Craig Mish. Marlins, Marlins have no TV deal right now, as Fox Sports Florida has lost the local naming rights. Uh, St. Clair decided to change that. It's going to be Bali Sports Florida. So they're, it's going to be... Weird hearing, not hearing Fox Sports Florida anymore, uh, you know, right before Marlins games. We are Fox Sports, we are Florida. That's not going to happen anymore. Um, and I wonder if that had to do with the Marlins not getting a TV deal immediately over the off season. Uh So apparently they're closing in on a deal now. That's great to hear as spring training starting. And we don't really know how, if Marlins games will be aired on TV just yet, depending on when they send uh, sign that TV deal. Let's go to the baseball side of things. So this is how I see the Marlins field and bullpen and starting pitching staff prior to any moves that are going to be made. We know that one move has to be made, whether you DFA someone for Duvall. He is not on the 40-man roster yet. That could change right after I post this episode. Tonight is the deadline, so... Uh, can assume that someone's going to get DFA'd or added to the uh, injured list very soon. So pre all of these moves, I think Corey Dickerson is secured into his spot in left field. Uh, he didn't have a great season last year, but it wasn't bad. And we can expect him to bounce back easily this year. So Dickerson in left, Solomon Marte in center, who the Marlins bought uh, after last season. As they said, he is not a one-year rental, so 
Marte's back in center. There should be no doubt about that. And then the newest pickup, Duvall, in right field. Once he is added to the 40-man after some move will be made, after some move that will be made. Anderson, of course, at third. Rojas, shortstop. Now, second base is interesting. You have three guys that are going to be competing. We know Hassan Diaz and Jazz Chisholm will be competing for that spot. And that's where spring training is a big deal, especially these younger guys. But you also can't forget about John Birdie, who is an extremely consistent hitter. He's very cheap right now. And he's that main utility guy on this team. He can play in the outfield when you want to give someone an off day. But really, there are a lot of spots in this outfield and a lot of players fighting for those spots. I just gave you who will most likely, in my opinion, be the starters in the outfield. But you also have to remember you have Lewis Brinson. You have Harold Ramirez, who's played on the Marlins for years. And then in the minors, we'll likely see Monte Harrison. But there are a lot of guys like Magnera Sierra, who played well last year. All these guys are going to be rotating the outfield. So that really doesn't leave much room for John Birdie. So I think, personally, that... Jazz Chisholm may get the second uh, base nod, but I could see him easily splitting time with Hassan Diaz and John Birdie in the mix. Now, in the outfield, I personally expect a move. They have too many outfielders as of right now. Um, And you also don't want to fill up half of your bench on outfielders. Uh, In the infield, like I said, Anderson on third, Rojas short, Birdie second. Aguilar or Cooper at first, they're going to also split time. Now, there's no DH, but there is room for pinch hitters, and that's where we're going to see Cooper and Aguilar uh, big time. Before the Marlins picked up Duvall, that right field spot was open between five or six different guys, and we thought that Garrett Cooper could play in right, but after... Uh, the moves picking up Duvall, that's not going to happen. So Garrett Cooper is a starting MLB player. There's no doubt about that. He can hit and hit well, but so can Aguilar. So that's why I think we're gonna they're going to split time half and half. I don't know who's going to get the opening day nod, but you're likely going to see them every game, whether that be starting, double switch, because that's back this year with no DH, or would it be pinch hitting for the pitcher? Bench, as I said, depending on who's at first, Cooper Aguilar, Lewis Brinson, who last all last year he hit the ball well. He started off the season smacking balls well over 100 miles an hour right to fielders. And once we got into the last 10, 15 game stretch, he really picked it up. He was finding the gaps and he looked good. And if he can carry that over, He will likely get time in the outfield. 150-plus game season, you're going to see him a bunch this year. Then you have Harold Ramirez and Chad Wallach, Magnier Sierra, uh, Jazz, Birdie, Esson, whoever that may be at second. Once again, I just named several outfielders who are on the bench. I have a feeling that if the Marlins are going to make one more move, the outfielder, one outfielder, uh, may be gone, maybe packaged with a prospect or someone like that. I don't think that they can maintain as many outfielders 
and they could likely get some pretty nice return depending on who they package in the deal. Starting pitching staff, which was really good last year, will look like this or should look like this. Sandy Alcantara is your opening day pitcher. He was terrific last year. Pablo Lopez, I think, will move up to the uh, second spot in the rotation. He is extremely calm when he pitches, and he is very consistent. The two of them, Alcantara and and, uh, Pablo, are very consistent every single time they pitch. Now you throw the younger guys in. We'll likely see Eliezer Hernandez in there and Sixto Sanchez throwing 100 miles an hour plus and then dropping down a 95-mile-per-hour changeup, which if he can locate almost every time, he's going to be extremely successful in the league. He was great last year, started to slow down a little bit as the season progressed, but uh, if he can come out throwing like he did in the beginning of last season, this maybe his year and time to shine because he is going to be a dominant force every time he goes out there if he can just be consistent. Then Trevor Rogers will likely see as well. Uh, he was very good last year as well, coming in as a... He, he's not even considered a rookie. He was a, He's still a prospect, same with six though, because they didn't play full seasons. But... Yeah, you can see where all these opportunities came from because of the COVID outbreak in the Marlins system. Remember, all these young guys came in, proved themselves, and that's why the Marlins got off to a hot start last year, missing half of their starting lineup. Mentioned the outfield. The bullpen will look like this. Um, Marlins have really focused this offseason on beefing up the bullpen after Brandon Kinsler denied his contract offer by the Marlins. And he left, and without Boxberger coming back, this is what it's going to look like. And this is what it should look like. Keep saying that should. Kimber, the side armor, will likely be a 7th or 8th inning guy. I think Anthony Bass will be the closer this year. But you also have Floro in there, who the Marlins just picked up. He was recently added to the 40-man roster as well. They traded uh, for him floro and bass i could easily see them either half and half in the closing spot but they're really their sixth seventh and eighth sixth seventh eighth and ninth inning guys are going to be really good much better than it has been you could go from let's say kimber in the sixth you get a nice five inning start from one of your starting pitchers you have Kimber in the sixth, then in the seventh, Yemi Garcia, then Anthony Bass and Floro. I mean, that's a much stronger bullpen than the Marlins have had. Um, without Kinsler, this is as good as a bullpen as you can really have. And Floro, for one second, if you look at his stat cast and statistics from last year, he was throwing top of the league stuff. He was really good. And the confidence, if it's still there, this Marlins uh, pitching staff and specifically relief pitching for this purpose will be good. Not putting too much on the shoulders of the young guys. You brought in a lot of veteran talent. All of them are veterans. Kimber, Bass, Floro, Yimmy Garcia at this point. 
as becoming a veteran. And then you have Hoyt and Blyer, who were picked up because of the COVID outbreak early last year, who both uh, got contact, uh, their contracts extended in this season, who were very good and consistent. They were some of the best arms in the bullpen last year. Then you could see Braxton Garrett in the MLB, maybe Nick Nidert as well, and Castano. One of them is likely to be DFA'd, or someone will be added to the injured list to make room for Duvall, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see Castano being DFA'd or Nidert. Uh, right now, of course, they can be their contracts can be picked up and moved to a minor league. Uh, deal for the time being we'll have to see because spring training is starting soon and pitchers and catchers report in only a few days moving on preseason projections made by the as i well, as i like to call them the advanced stat guys have marlins underperforming their goal for this year which was at 500 give or take not the first time the marlins were counted out they were counted out last year as well and look at what they did they beat the cubs in the first round and had to face the Braves, who are just uh, terrific. No expanded playoffs this year, which is disappointing. It's going to be very difficult for any team to get in the playoffs, especially when teams like the Marlins play in the best division in the league, or one of the best, if not the best division in the league. The Braves are very good. The Mets should be very good, as well. they have enough money that they practically bought themselves a new team this year. And they're the favorites of the division. And they have the Braves in third or fourth place, these stat guys. Uh, Mets are always zoomed to win the division. And we haven't seen that actually play out in a while. It'll be interesting to see how this new Mets team is going to look after they bought themselves a new team with their new owner. Uh, the Nationals were not good last year. Neither were the Phillies, even though... Uh, brought JT Realmuto back. Neither of those teams were great, and the Marlins finished off better than them last year. We'll see how that plays out. The Braves uh, and the Mets should be the hardest teams to play for the Marlins uh, in the division. But I do think that they could play well against the Nationals and Phillies if they are technically the same teams as last year. Now, the Marlins start off their season against the Rays, as I mentioned before. That's not going to be easy coming off of a World Series-type run. Um, and really, just listen, I have been a Marlins fan my entire life. I haven't been to a Marlins game in a year and around a year and a half. And I, I really can't be more excited for this season as the Marlins now have depth. The prospects are coming up. Um, and with the pickups, the Marlins made like Duvall, Marte. I mean, getting that outfield, looking like a veteran outfield for the first time in a while. Beefing up the bullpen. I'm telling you, it's going to be a fun season. It's not going to be easy at all as you play. You're going to play the uh, Mets and the Braves a lot. And we'll see how the rest of the division does outside of the Marlins. It's going to be a fun season. I can't wait. Uh, thank you for joining me today. And one last thing before I go. Please, please, please. If you have a minute, visit humanebrower.com. I've been an animal person my entire life. And 
these animals need help as well during this crazy time. It's not just humans that are suffering from this. Dogs, cats, they're all uh, looking for homes, still looking for homes, and it's been harder uh, throughout this time. So once again, that's humanebrower.com. And thank you all for listening in today. And I'm Josh Kelsky. You're listening to Huddle Up. We'll see you next time. Go Panthers tonight against Tampa Bay. And pitchers and catchers report in three days. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. And we'll see you next time.